The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Hello and welcome to the Murder in Mind podcast brought to you by SJP World Media. A look back at the Anthony Horowitz penned TV series from the early 2000s on the BBC. Uh, we have reached the final episode of the second series of Murder in Mind. I am one half of your host and Joe Morty and I'm joined by old Sai. Sai Pao, how are you buddy? <laughs> I thought you were going to go with it again then. I, I know you were. That's why, yeah. why I did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a swear if that was. <laughs> what a manoeuvre. What a, a manoeuvre. <laughs> how are you, Sai? You okay? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. You? Yeah, recovering. Recovering yeah. from our last episode. Uh, a point of recording. We've just, well, I say we've just finished recording that probably an hour ago. Um, yeah, since then, tracks. we've been... Yeah, since then we've been talking about giant cups and and all sorts of stuff that we're not going to be on here. Um, been, uh, yeah, we were, we were, we we got ourselves a little bit silly in the last episode, didn't we? We did. My cheeks hurt from laughing. <laughs> <laughs> we covered a story about a child murder. Um, <laughs> uh, why am I laughing? <laughs> oh dear. Well, the last episode we reviewed was very dark, so we li- tried to lift it a little bit with our um the silliness um it is it is the thing murder in mind is a dark series by mm-hmm. its very definition murder in mind but some of the episodes are a little bit more light-hearted but fun and i don't yeah, know I think that this one is very dark that last think, one yeah the last one was very very dark indeed but you mentioned that about i don't know about light-hearted what it feels i don't know the right term but this one we're covering now i think is one of those it's a bit more lighter in tone yeah okay yeah there you go that works hmm yeah. Um, so today we are talking about uh, Series 2, Episode 8, Regrets. Last week, as I say, we spoke about um, memories. We both chose to uh, murder that episode on our scale. We either keep it in mind or we murder it. Um, you you were kind of on the fence, but kind of just lent that way a little bit. I lent a little bit further, but it, it wasn't a bad episode, I wouldn't say, really, in terms of television. No, no, it was, I think... The thing for me is, you get the reveal at the end, don't you, about what was going mm. on with the flashbacks and all that sort of stuff, and, and everything kind of falls into place. Once you've got that reveal, I don't think there's enough to make you go back and watch it again, because the hook that kept me watching is the reveal. Yeah, So that was more mindset, my mindset with it. And like I said last week, uh, my, or whenever we released it, uh, my mindset was more, would I recommend this to someone? And no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have recommended it. Where there are the episodes that we have said you must, you should keep these in mind. They're worth watching. Yes, so that's the way I kind of work it out. Would I say to someone, go out of your way? Because you, normally you do have to go out of your way to watch these. You have to get the DVD or anything like that. However, oh, this episode is still on Daily Motion at the time we recorded. I checked. Oh, okay. I've watched it on Daily Motion previously. The whole episode is on. If you type in to Google or whatever search engine, other search engines are available. Uh, murder in mind regrets it will come up as that first option to play on daily motion so you can watch along with us oh, there you go look. I saw when people should be buying the DVDs and watching all of them with us 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they should do. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, cost of living side. Jesus swear. Yeah, fair enough. That eight quid away <laughs> <it> was. <laughs> <laughs> it, you absolutely should buy the DVD and a DVD player if you haven't yeah. got one. Because I keep getting told that people don't buy DVDs anymore. I do. No. Oh yeah. This is the thing. It's it's a funny one, isn't it? I would still oh. buy VHS tapes. I think. Yeah, I know you would. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, DVD. I talk about DVDs quite often. Hmm. Yeah. I don't. Although I don't really watch them, but I buy them. I bought Quantum Leap on DVD. I bought Murder in Mind on DVD, but that was all for the purpose of you know the shows I do. Hmm. Anything else? Cr- I suppose like Crime can. Traveler. Yeah, Crime Traveler. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to cover that? Are we? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well. Most things that I cover for podcasts, I can, I can find on streaming services, I guess. But, mm. but whatever, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we're going to uh, go through regrets. Should we just jump straight into it? You know, yeah, sorry? that's awesome. So as I said, it is on, on Daily Motion if you want. Um, we open up with Night. Yes, it's Night. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that too. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some, some lads being a bit bit leery and it looks like they're about to get arrested and the police take him out and suddenly out of nowhere this car comes along not too fast i would say at first and kind of bumps into some parked cars yeah it seems like a drunk driver whatever speeds up goes over a couple of cars ends up on its roof it's a hell of an open i must say yeah and I, again it's early on so I, i've not seen this before but early on no. i've got no idea what what this is about so i've got no real idea about who is in it either even though we discussed no. it last week when I, when I watched the episode i had no idea until they popped up on the screen so mm. i'm watching the police i mean they're in a takeaway aren't they these young lads yeah and mm-hmm. shouting and carrying on it's I'm thinking sales. Some, yeah it's, it's like is somebody gonna get hurt here and that's where it kicks off from and then the car flying in just completely threw me i was like well what the hell am i watching what's what's this mm-hmm. yeah it was it was a real impactful opening good scene um mm. i like the coppers going wait there to the young lads and run off to <laughs> yeah so the young lads are like we're out of here so yeah, exactly. like a little bit of a, a funny tone to it straight away um and that's that's how we open up uh the episode um yeah for, for, for a hell of an open really yeah definitely uh and then we see Dennis Waterman, the minder. Yes, and he is just being Dennis Waterman, isn't he? Because I, I think he, he can only play one role. <laughs> I've written, bless him, because rest in peace now, unfortunately, yeah. of course. But uh, I thought he was looking a little bit weary here, I thought. Mm, yeah, yeah. Obviously a little bit, little bit advanced uh, in age at this point. But uh, they're in a prison. Uh, so you've got Dennis Waterman, uh, character, um i've written they're in a prison seems like dennis uh i'm keeping on with dennis a lot in this yeah that's i'm trying to do the same uh they're in a prison seems like dennis is being visited by a guy is what i wrote uh, and they dis- discuss they discuss something happening and blame the bank and they kind of had a little bit of a bit of a laugh with each other mm. and then we get a flashback to dennis in hospital and he's watching tv about banks and this new chairman and listening not very happy with the news no no and again straight away now i'm thinking what's i'll be honest you, you say you say about it look like ken and dave the two characters names were yeah they? so yeah so ken is uh dennis waterman's character yes dave is played by tony haygarth uh unfortunately again passed away in 2017 uh he's been loads of things um 
I've written that he was he's rocked up in Where the Heart Is, Lovejoy, Bergerac, loads of stuff. But for me, he will always be Master Prowse in Hornblower. We spoke about Hornblower a little while ago because mm, you didn't yeah. know what it was. No, I love no. Hornblower. I think it's fantastic. And he was Master Prowse in that. And that's what I'll always remember him as. Uh, okay. A lovely sort of jobbing actor. Um, and yeah, another another bit of a bit of a shame. So two two guys that we sort of opened up on here, no no longer with us in uh, in in real life but uh yeah so we've got dave and ken yeah and my initial thought wasn't oh you know ken's being visited here or anything like that okay. i didn't know who was in prison all oh, right okay because i thought they were both dressed I- i'm assuming Similar. it was in yeah i thought they're both normally you look at it and i think you can identify who the prisoner is by what they're wearing mm-hmm. i guess but here yeah. i was like who's in prison so straight away i'm hooked because i'm thinking okay there's something for me to try and figure out and inevitably get wrong or whatever one of them is yeah yeah so i thought that was quite clever yeah mm-hmm. um so he calls a lady called christine at his workplace uh that seems to be i've written, written here because I, I write these notes as i go along seems to be some kind of warehouse i wrote as mm. a workout they do um they produce ele- elements and components for machinery don't they yeah, there's farming equipment and very old school kind of um, lathe they had running in there and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, Christine is Samantha Beckinsale. Um, she was in London's Burning, right? Okay, but not that if you remember that. Um, and I've written here, she rocked up in another thing. Uh, she rocked up in other things, including a supposed comedy. I don't know why I wrote that because I've never watched it, so I don't know why I'm ripping it. <laughs> but when I was looking her up. I found this, and I've never heard of this. It's a comedy called Duck Patrol. Okay. And it's her, David Tennant, and Richard Wilson. Oh, why? Okay. Never so, heard of it. What's that about? Let me look it up, because I didn't have that prepared. Um, Sorry. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, well, it's a sitcom called Duck Patrol, and that's all you need to know. Um this is early tenant, I believe. I've written Suck Patrol. That's not helpful. Um, that's a whole that's, different show. <laughs> that's going to give us a different thing. So this was in 1998. There was eight episodes only. Uh, it is a gentle sitcom. Don't know what that means. Um, about the not-so-glamorous, slow-paced life of the Ravensbeck River Police. Oh, okay. And there is a picture here, for Sai only, of David Tennant. Looking very young. And a bit geeky. Very geeky indeed. Look at that. My goodness. Yeah, so it's it's uh David Tennant, Samantha Beckinsale, Richard Wilson, Jeffrey Hutchings, uh Jason Watkins, which is in loads of stuff like Trolley. You've watched Trolley, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, so um uh Jason Watkins from Trolley, hang on, I'll show you. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a few um few big names in it, but they only had one series in ninety eight. Um, Craig Fairbass, good lord! Oh, he was uh, in EastEnders, wasn't he? He was. He was um, being some loads of like low gangster, budget gangster yeah. movies. Sue Johnston from Royal Family and all that kind of stuff. She's in there as well. Yeah, there's some big names. Oh, Tom Smith. He plays. He plays a character in it called Robber. The reason I'm telling you about it. Is because he was in an episode of Doctor Who. This hey, is a real Doctor Who alert. I'm not going to do that, but he was that creepy wolf dude behind the bars. 
Okay, yeah. We go. Look, there's, there's some, but there's also there's some big names that I'm going to look up. Duck Patrol later, and I am going to put Duck. See I might try and watch that. I don't know where it's available. If it's available, I don't know. There you go. A little bit of homework for people. Um, we were just talking about buying DVDs as well. That's what we have to do. <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to be doing this podcast about the episode. Now I'm looking up Duck Patrol. <laughs> Not again where we're expected to go. Uh, David Tennant in Duck Patrol, Flying Colours, Duck Turpin. Oh, they're all on YouTube by the look of it. Oh, brilliant. Don't know what the quality is like, but they're all on YouTube. Richard Wilson and David Tennant. Right, yeah, there we go. There's some late night viewing. That's my evening planned. <laughs> yeah, they're all about 24 minutes long as well, so easily doable, I reckon. Anyway, nothing to do with anything, except for Christine, who's in it. Yes, there um, you go. She brought it back well. Um, that, such a professional. <laughs> <laughs> such a professional. Spider tits. Um, <laughs> if nobody's listened, if somebody hasn't listened to last week's episode, they've got no idea. They just think you're why, just like, shouting at spider tits. spider tits. <laughs> I promise I don't have verbal threats. <laughs> um <laughs> the chairman of the bank that we saw a minute ago is on the TV is the chairman of his bank, which mm-hmm, is why he yep. was so annoyed. So basically a new chairman is coming in making big changes around profitability of the... I'm not going to lie, Si. As soon as we start talking about financial stuff, my brain just blurs. Yeah, the only thing I really picked up from it was that he is forcing branch closures and redundancies. Yeah. Uh, as they do. Um I've written lots of info going on here. Didn't bother writing it down, but a company went bust that owed them 12 grand. There's a funder clap. Thought right? Yeah, I was worried here. I was worried okay. here because they were talking um, about, we were back at Ken and Dave in the prison, aren't we? Because the, the theme of the story is that they are having a conversation and we're looking at everything in a flashback format, aren't we? Yeah, so they're kind of giving narration to it, which I thought yes. was a, a, a good way of doing it. Um, Murder and Mine have done it a few different ways, but this way it's like a narration where they're talking about what happened. Yeah, and I've, I, I, I thought this is, okay, sound, lovely stuff, and we're going to find out more about the story as we go, and at this point I'm still thinking, who is actually in prison, who is not? Are they okay. both in prison having a chat? Whatever, I don't know yet. But then when we got the, oh, we were heading into stormy waters, or oh, there was a storm heading our way, and there was a mm-hmm. thunderclap, and I thought, ah, oh, this is a bit... Is this going to be all cheesy and silly? Is this going to be too much for me? And I was a bit yeah. concerned then about the way it was going to go. Thankfully, you know, no real spoiler alert for the episode, I guess, as we talk about it. But thankfully, I was okay. It didn't head that way no. too often or too much. But that was a bit of a worry initially, right at the beginning, you know? I I wrote um, Thunderclap and then one time he said storm clouds were gathering around my world. And I put lovely bit of cheese, as, but not too much of it, please. Yeah. All right. There we go. I was in a poetic mood. Um, <laughs> but yes, because sometimes there have been episodes where they have lent a little bit too much into the cheese. And I didn't actually look up who wrote this episode because um, or the last one. But we were looking at that for a while, weren't we? And then I haven't done my job since we, uh, when we came back. But um, because Anthony Horowitz is the writer of the series. Yes. But we have other writers writing episodes. And we mm-hmm. have found a few links before haven't we, between some of the episodes that were really good that were penned by Anthony Horowitz, and there was a couple yeah. that were a bit ropey, were pay, uh, done by the same person. And almost a, a similar kind of vibe to the episode as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, so the writers for the last episode that we reviewed were uh, Anthony Horowitz and Stephen Lever. Okay. So Stephen Lever also wrote uh, Flame, which is one I did not like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vigilante, which is one we both loved. Yep. Flashback. Flashback is the missing episode. Uh, yes, it is. Yep. Yes, it's our mystery hidden episode. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, Memories, which is this one. And he also wrote uh, the last episode of the series, which okay. actually in series three, there is eight episodes. That's the last episode of the series. He wrote that as well. This one here was written by Simon Sharkey. Okay, now that name rings a bell because I remember humming Sharky and George theme tune. You did. You mentioned it before. So you did, and he's got he, some kind of theatre company, hasn't he, now? I don't know. So he did Neighbours, not the Australian sitcom, but the episode that right. you liked. Yeah. You didn't like. You didn't like, you just liked Denise Van Allen. I did. Um, Passion as well, which was Pauline Quirk. Yeah, that was good. I liked that one. It was... Uh, you did. I think I murdered it, or I can't remember. And he's got two more in the third series. But I would argue that Neighbours and Passion were... There was a bit of cheese in both of them. Yeah. They were a bit cheesy in the writing and some of the dialogue, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And a little bit close to the bone with some of the... <laughs> but the... Yeah. So, had I known that beforehand, I would have been the same as you and been like, uh-oh, it's going to be mm-hmm. cheesy. Um, but it wasn't too bad. Uh, he goes to work and he's absolutely fuming that they're in the shit, basically, because they're in overdrafts and they're but essentially they're in a lot of financial difficulties, aren't they? Yeah, they got customers owing them money, and uh, one customer, as you said, has gone bankrupt owing them money and so on. And that you know that struck a chord because obviously I got mm. made redundant recently for reasons very much like that. So I'm thinking, okay, I can I can sympathise with this dude at the moment, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, because they're in their overdraft at the bank, so they're having pressure put on them. But she can't... A, a thread throughout this It's Christine, who is his receptionist, BA, whatever. Um, quick thing about her, I think she was really good in this. Yeah. And the character was very, very loyal to him, which yeah, I think showed the kind of person that he was. Um, she can't get hold of anyone in the bank. That's a long thread story. She keeps trying to ring this call centre that they're saying... And she can't speak to anyone. It's just automated service after automated service. It's a big thread throughout the episode that does lead up, you know, has a reason for being there. Yeah, and it, and it rings true as well, doesn't it? If you'll pardon the mm. terrible ring pun. It's, it, it does, you know, that is the situation. When Sometimes when you want to speak to these people, you can't get hold of anyone. Mm-hmm. I was going round round circles with Sky a few weeks ago. There mm. are other, other providers available, but, you know. Um, he says... Uh, he blames the guy from the bank, Brian, the chairman, for yeah. this happening. <laughs> Straight away, he starts blaming this fella. Um, he goes to the bank and he speaks with young Perry, I've written. Um, and he says that the person, Perry says the person that Dennis needs to see, Ken needs to see, isn't there. What did you think of Perry? I, I don't know. I felt a bit sorry for him because he ends up taking a lot of shit. Just because he's the guy who is first, you know, the first point of contact, I guess, when you walk into the bank, he gets mm-hmm. a lot of shit from Ken, from, from old Dennis. Oh, I don't know. I, I felt like I should know him from something else. But the only thing same... I could find really were 28 weeks later and 24 hour people. 
the sort of biggest things. Uh, okay. 24 hour party people, is that? Sure. Yeah. I have seen that, so maybe I know him from that. I don't know. Like, funny, fun, funny little fella. Funny little hmm. fella. Yeah. The way he talked was quite amusing, I thought. I don't know if it was supposed to be. I guess it was. It, he came uh, across we can't like, do that for you at the moment. Yeah. I think you'll find that she's not here. Like that. Yeah. It was a bit... And it, was, it wasn't an accent that fits where they are. So no. it's almost like he's literally leaning on the training he has been given to the T. <laughs> and that's the way he feels his role should be carried out, maybe. Yeah, young lad, and Ian just trying to uh, do what he can, really. Um, they go back and forth quite a lot. So, you know, I'm not going to really keep up with when they're in the office and when they're in the bank. He's yeah. going back and forth. But things are escalating, aren't they? They are. Um, the pressure is on him, and you can see he's getting, you know, more and more mad up. Did we ever find out why he was in hospital? No. No. He had, um, on one conversation with Dave, he mentions about having his stitches taken out. And he kind of points to his side. So I don't know, you know, what he's had removed, but he's had something obviously removed, hasn't he? He's been, and he was in there for three days, I think they said. Yeah. Hmm. No, three uh, weeks. Tra- Sorry, he's been away weeks. for three weeks. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. I've only been yeah. away for three weeks. You're right, yeah. So. Um, they're chasing 60 grand at this point, um, but they, their minds off, they have shitloads. What? Miles off, I think that's meant to yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> Good God, um, I've got loads to go through. Um, okay, I put their mind, their miles off is what I was trying to put. They have shitloads to go through, and I know that Sai would have written all of them down. So what I did here was I threw you under the bus because what she did was she got a load of files and went, "Well, we got to pay this, we got to pay that, we got to pay this." So I write, Sai would have written all those things down. He's going to reel them off for us now. I did not do that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the VAT, the health and the safety. Yeah. The, there was about 10 things that were outstanding. Yeah. And they also listed customers who owe them money, which, mm. you know, one of them has a massive 40K bill that they expect very soon. And that becomes quite prominent, doesn't it, when they're discussing the money and, and they're relying upon this bill being paid. It does. However... I would argue, and that might be the point of it, all of those things that she threw there, that didn't happen in three weeks. Oh, oh totally not. That's, that's been accumulating for a while, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's blaming other people, but there is, I think, a bit of blame at his door here that his business isn't quite going the way that it should be. Yeah, but also, he's a likeable fella as well, isn't he, though? That's the thing. Mm. It's, not like, it's not like he's... Uh, it's not really that word. It's not like he's an arsehole. And you think, oh, you're getting what you deserve because you're a prick mm. or anything like that. No. He's a, he's a likable guy, and you can tell there's a level of guilt with him that he might have to lay people off, and all there's money mm. issues and all this sort of stuff. You know, you, you do feel for him, I think. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah, you do. Um, he finally talks to the lady that he was looking for in the bank, uh, Mrs. Rossa or Miss Rossa. What a bitch face, I wrote. Oh, she is not a nice lady. No, hamming it up a bit too much. Yes, yeah, she. <sighs> Her hands are tied, it seems like, at certain occasions. It mm. seems like she is getting orders from above or different departments and so on. And mm. we find out later on that that is the case to a degree as well, because branches are closing and this mm. this chairman guy has come in, and he's making changes to certain things. So she's following orders, I guess. But there are moments where she almost seems 
I don't know, too bad guy of the case when really yeah. she's just a bank employee. Yeah, I, yeah, she does, she's certainly not got customer service, the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the actress is trying a little bit hard, bless her. Um, she does say at one point, as important as to you, uh, essentially it doesn't really mean anything to her, as important as to you, I've got all these other accounts. And you know what? As Although she words it horribly, I understand her point. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I I talk about sometimes uh, small town thinking and big city thinking. Right, right. Okay. So I was always small town thinking, always was, and it sounds negative because you're using it as a but like, small opposed to big. I don't mean it negatively. I was small town thinking because I was a chef for many years, and what affected me was what's happening in my restaurant or my care home. That was it. Mm-hmm. All okay. I cared about cared about my my colleagues, my residents. That's it. I don't care what's going on out there in the world. I want this food because that's why I've ordered it. I want to be able to get hold of my equipment. I want to be able to provide what I want to provide for my residents. All I care about is that. Right, right? fair enough. Yeah, okay. And then you have big city thinking like big companies who will just focus on, we haven't got this income coming in. We need to make more profits. So we need to cut that product and we need to move that and we need to do that. And that's all they see. Yes, okay. So what I have to do in my current job is balance those few things. I have to. So that's one of the big things I had to do when I got into the job that I'm in now, which has been in since January 2018, um, which isn't a professional podcast, as you may have noticed, um, <laughs> which was which was I had to start seeing the bigger picture a little bit more. So yeah. go, well, we want to provide this, but I do understand that we can't give those extra hours, for example, or that extra money to that particular person because that part of the business doesn't get any money in mm-hmm. so we're going to spend more money on this home because that home gets more money that comes in we can spend more money on it this home we don't really have much of an income so we're not really going to invest much i understand that does that make yeah. sense yeah no, okay. so it's, get, it's getting that balance so for her as a character and i'm really stretching here because she does not play it well but her as a character what she's saying is completely right this to you is the biggest thing in the world because it is it's your world but to me you are an account now she shouldn't be saying that to a customer (laughs) no but that's the reality of the situation in that's the reality of the situation she she has i think she says 40 accounts or something she looks after was it was that what she said yeah it's a lot yes yeah so that that for her is just one thing and in her mind as she says later in a rant to him which shows a bit of fire back you've had all these opportunities to pay us the money back this is our money mm-hmm. that you haven't paid back. We are well within our rights to cut you off. And she's right. But she mm. just doesn't purvey it very well. And also, it's not like it's... Uh, my business mind or financial mind may be letting me down here a little bit. I don't know. But it's not like it's a loan. It's an overdraft. Yes. So there isn't exactly like any... It's not like he's got this money and he's paying it back. Or An overdraft sits as an overdraft and he's got his limit to go into. Mm-hmm. He's gone past that limit. About that sixty grand or something. Yeah, or more and then that. and then has sat at that level for a quite a length of time. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, totally. So although, like you say, we feel for him, and the bank is the big bad in this, and they are accurate because you know there's that history of banker wankers and all that kind of stuff, yeah. right? The I, I almost think that they shouldn't have 
made her as a unlikable character. Mm. Should have just had her as a blank sort of bank employee. But the reason I think they did make her a little bit villainous is to lead us, what I was thinking at this point, to believe that he was going to offer. Yeah, I think that was completely the intention of why she was the way she was. I agree. Because yeah. otherwise, I think um, they didn't really need to, to play into that kind of everyone that works for a bank is a villain type mm. thing. But I think at this point, we're still trying to... And I've I noticed there's more of this in the second series than the first. Okay. Because there's been a few in the second series where we don't know who's going to die, when they're going to die. Sometimes we can we know who it is. Usually we know who it is that's doing the killing. And we see everything that's driving them to it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like the last yeah. episode, we kind of knew that the guy probably was the murderer because we're following him. We didn't quite know the situation and we were following him on that discovery. Um, the one before that, we kind of thought it was one of them, but we were working out exactly how it was happening and who yeah. was going to die and blah, 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 blah. And that's happened a few times. Whereas in the first series, it was a lot of, it opened up with a murder and then we saw how people were dealing with it after the fact. You notice yeah. that? Yeah, totally. And I think as well, the open-endedness that we talked about so much mm-hmm. in series one, mm-hmm. they're not quite hitting it as well in series two. They're, they're still doing it, but you're right. It doesn't quite yeah. hit as well. Yeah. Mm. There's not as yeah. many question marks over there. There are still question marks, but it's not mm. as, as broadly open-ended as some of the others. Yeah. Or it's interesting and intriguing. And mm. where, like you say, you, you would finish an episode and think that could have happened or that could have happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And we, like we, we quite often would say, I want another story, I want another show to know what happened to these characters afterwards. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, we think done, yeah. With season two, especially the last handful of episodes we've done, how often have we said that? I don't think we have. There you go, look. That's a complete change, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, him and that Christine have another chat about invoices I wrote. I'm not going to write any details about that because it's goes straight in my head. Yeah. Um, but really, he's, he's having a lot of pressure put on him. He says he'll tell a guy called Jim that he must pay the money um and that he um so he then goes and visits this gym and he looks at a thing that they use in abattoirs to kill cattle it's humanely um, mark seven humane. or something isn't it yeah the mark seven uh it just looks like a funny looking gun mm. yeah it's a color they call it don't they a color i don't know i don't not know color not color like yeah this one's red. blue <laughs> yeah, yeah. you, you cull things with it I'm not yeah sure. oh okay yeah, yeah that makes sense yeah. <laughs> um they talk about it briefly don't they and they say it's about positioning with that machine because uh in the right hands in the right hands in the right hands um <laughs> look at that death is... we mentioned guns and you go all texas that's ironic <laughs> isn't it? How racist of me. <laughs> it was a complete accident <laughs> I was blatantly staying in. <laughs> it's fine. I've done worse. Um, in the right hands, it's instant. <laughs> this is the best little whorehouse in Texas. <laughs> uh, but in the wrong hands, it's awful messy. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. This took over over half an hour for us to go all daft on this episode, at least. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, The the guy Jim says, ah, nobody pays their bills on time. What's up, Ellen? 
absolute bastard. And he's like, going, oh, I only need a week. Give us another week or so. It'd be fine. Yeah, I'll pay you after the week. Because obviously Ken can't tell him that his business is struggling. No. Because that's his customer. And you don't tell the customer that your business is struggling. No. You need his custom because your business is struggling. Yes. But this guy obviously has got the whiff of that and has gone, I'll pay you next week because he knows he can get away a little bit longer without having to shell it out and it will mm. help his turnover. Yeah, I wonder as well. It, it comes across like Ken has a relationship with this guy and they're, they're, they're pally, you know. Not mm. best mates, but there is a relationship there, isn't there? They're not talking just on a professional level. I think he mentions that he's produced stuff for him for a long time because he looks at that Mark 7 and he's like, well, do we provide any components for this? And they're like, oh, no, 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 that, that's far too advanced for the stuff that you do. Yeah. Um, but it seems like, again, it kind of suggesting that his factory, whatever they actually provide, are a little bit behind the times. They've got the old machinery. They've got people that have worked there for 24 years. And, you know, he where he mentions here this brand new bit of kit, you can't really provide us the stuff for that. It shows more and more, very subtly, I think, very mm. well done now, because I'm only thinking about it now as I'm saying it. Yeah. It's showing that the business, when he later, spoilers, blames the fact that his business does fail on the bank, it's not the bank. It's the fact that, yes, that's not helped, but like you said, he was in the overdraft. That was him that did that. And that actually, well, not him, but the company that did that. And actually, the company hasn't gotten with the times. The mm. company has been outdated and out outmaneuvered and they actually kind of lead that to here but very um subtly actually thinking about it there's another moment as well you, you literally just mentioning that now so you think of it dave is a sales rep isn't he he's he's, he's on the road trying to drum up yes. business i couldn't work out what he was no, no, but that's basically what he's doing, isn't he? He's, hmm. he's the sales rep. He's driving up business for parts and whatever. He has got the potential for a new big client at one point. Yes. He comes into the factory and speaks to Ken. and so, Yeah, now, yeah. Yeah, and they're talking about a, a little widget that goes inside some system of some sort. Mm. And Ken's unsure because it's not farm It's air conditioning. Based. Uh, there you go. It's not agricultural or whatever stuff mm-hmm. they're working on at the moment. But, I mean, he's got laves and uh, and all this sort of stuff in there making a plastic widget is no different to making you know something else for what he's more used to so it's very much a case of he's oh i'm, I'm i don't know about that i don't know about that so mm. it, i didn't even think of it until you just brought that up but again that's another example of he's maybe stuck in his own stuck in a a rut maybe of what he's doing and doesn't he's not very forward thinking perhaps yeah and, and as we discussed it, I'm thinking about something that happens later on that further goes to that. Actually, this is him. It's all him. Not that he's a bad person, but he is messed up. He's just not yeah. been with the times and he's just blaming people, uh, which is why I kind of wish they didn't make the person in the bank a bitch. Yeah. Um, yeah but again, maybe that is done for the little sort of swerve mm. in the story of trying to make out that he's going to kill her. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, is that everything you've discovered so that is the first time that we see dave really in the flashbacks and get an mm. idea of what he does yeah. for him we're back in the prison and he says that he appreciates what dave tried to do there with that but really the company was already done again whilst we're talking about that was it mm. or could that contract if they'd have actually tried to drive that forward could that contract have helped them well this is it, it it's <sighs> 
with that sort of manufacturing aspect, it is a case of you get a contract, you're producing this for X, and that's that's new money coming into the business, isn't it? Mm. You know, so that could have been, and he said how big a deal it was. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it can't be done. That could have gone some way, and you know, I don't know. I I've never ran my own business or anything like that to that level or anything. But if you turn around to the bank manager and go, "We've just secured this new deal for the next. We're producing this part for the next three years, and they're signed on to pay us this amount over the next the course of this contract," which is the way that sort of manufacturing aspect can mm-hmm. work, I suppose. Yeah that can show potential earnings over the next X amount of months and years, it might have given him a bit more leeway. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'm, I I didn't think about any of that whilst I was watching this. I'm just okay. thinking about it as we're talking about it now, which is, which is good, part of the reason that we enjoy doing this. Um, that and the stuff about spider tits. Stop talking about spider boobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I promise... Next time we do an episode of this, I won't be off my tits on warm chocolate. <laughs> oh, very watered down warm chocolate as well, because your one sachet of hot chocolate in your hotel room, you dropped half of it, you said, didn't you? <laughs> so it wasn't even like you got a, a full it, yeah. yeah, it wasn't even like you got a full hot chocolate out of it. I've got a second sachet of years. Oh, look at this. I've only got one more <laughs> stick of milk. Uh yeah. That's a minute. I don't think that's supposed to be putting milk in it, am I? I don't know. I, I put know. I put a bit of milk in my hot chocolate. I've also got. Why <laughs> <laughs> doing this? Earl Grey. Don't drink tea. Uh, what's that one? Green tea. Ugh. And every day, Twinings. Okay. Uh, it's all about the Yorkshire tea, mate. Uh, coffee bag brewing instructions. House blend. There you go. House a coffee in a bag. That sounds lovely. That sounds glorious. Coffee in a bag with milk and a stick. <laughs> that, is, that is how I live my life. As I said before we were on here, he, he's got a lovely insight into how I live my life. <laughs> with a giant cup. Oh, <laughs> oh dear, back to murder. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we, we get a flashback to the pub where Dave was, um, and he'd been fired, basically, hadn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's been By, laid um, off, hasn't he, yeah. Which again, he's just found this great contract, uh, and Dennis has gone. Nah, I got to let you go. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, to me, it's it's an odd one because you need more business coming in to make money. Mm-hmm. The guy, I'm not, I'm not saying you should lay off the guys in the factory above him or whatever, but you need more business coming in. This is the guy who will go out and get you more business. That's literally his role. That's literally mm-hmm. his job. And I, again, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but a lot of these guys work on commission. Mm-hmm. So you might not need paying up front, at least in full, for what mm-hmm. he's doing. I, I don't know, maybe I'm looking too much into that, but it does seem a bit of an odd decision to me. He deals with it very well. Dave, he's yeah. like, all right, yeah, fine, whatever. Something, um, like, something like being a turd and always floating to the surface, he says, <laughs> which I quite yeah. enjoyed. <laughs> I'm like a turd, always float to the surface. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is a fun character. Yeah, I like Dave. He's he's got good humour, um, and he comes out with some good fun lines. Really, yeah, he's a good character in this. Um, we see Dennis's wife for the first time here, which is did you recognise? No, I don't think so. Her name is Kim Tailworth. Okay. She's Gillian Tailworth's sister. Oh, okay, Gillian. Ta- oh, what's she been in? 
Was she Jeans in EastEnders? Oh, right. Okay, yeah. I know she Kathy got Beale. caught in the car doing things that Bam Bang Andy told me about. Didn't know about that beforehand. This I is her sister. Like that. I think her sister had been in uh, London's Burning and stuff like that. Okay. Well, but I, I didn't know ahead of this that her sister was an actress. Oh. And after this, I'm still not convinced she is. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm judging loads of people's acting. I can't bloody act. That's what we're here to do, mate. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't even act like a normal human. Um, <laughs> they, yeah, they, they argue about, you know, everything really, don't they, about the business and all this kind of stuff. He watches TV about the bank being the most profitable and all this kind of stuff. So it's building and building and building. Because, yeah. again... During this whole time period, they're still trying to contact the bank and aren't getting anywhere, aren't they? Yeah, his wife also. Uh, Ken, he speaks about his wife and basically saying, oh, she just doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't get it. She doesn't understand the situation we're in or anything like that. Yeah. But there's a line that she comes out with. I don't know exactly what it was, but it's something like, well, why didn't you just pay the bank back? Mm-hmm. And he's like, she just don't get it. And it's like, she's kind of got a point. Yeah. Yeah, why didn't you just pay the bank yeah. back? Um. He's fuming at that because it's the most profitable bank and it's killing his company. Yeah, the so share again, price is up and everything, isn't it? Whilst we're discussing it, it's it's making more not more yeah. sense to me, but in more of a rounded story, really. Because I'm going to be honest with you now, I'm going to put it out in Front Street. I don't know where I'm going with this because before we start recording, I'm going to tell you now, I was going to murder this episode. Really? Okay. Because I was clock watching a lot. Right. And I wasn't sure if I would recommend it to people. And I found that it dragged in parts. And there's all this stuff about financial blah, 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 which just made me zone out. But the more we're talking about it, the more I'm like, they needed all that financial talk to show what a mess they are in and Mm. how long they've been in that mess to show you that he is blaming the bank, but that's just him diverting the blame. And actually, it is all he's created this by not moving on with the times, by not paying the bank back, by not chasing up these contracts with his buddies first, by not taking on the new contracts, all these things that I was sitting there a bit bored with when I was watching it at half past 10 at night with a full tummy. Um, (laughs) Whilst I was watching all that, I was just like, well, if I get to the action, when's someone going to get bloody murdered? (laughs) But actually, (laughs) but actually, as we're talking about it, I'm starting to maybe appreciate the story a little bit more. Okay. See, I'm getting more from it now, talking to you, mm. than I did when I first watched it. Interesting. But yeah, me too. at the same time, when I first watched it, I enjoyed it. Okay. And there was enough there to make me... I was constantly wondering what's going to happen. Mm. Who's going to get killed? And then I'm thinking, still at this point, who is in prison? So okay. who, has, who has done the killing? Because we get a moment, don't we? Um, I don't know how far ahead I'm jumping. I apologise. But we get a moment where Ken goes to the pub mm. and calls Dave over and says, Dave, can I have a quick word? I'm thinking, is he going to pay Dave to kill someone now? You know, because I'm, I'm still thinking, who is in prison? Well, I was thinking, I, I was convinced that it was Dennis Waterman's character in prison because he's telling the story to Dave. Yeah, okay. Dave's just listening. So for me, that's him explaining things that happened, maybe that led him to being in prison. Because we are guessing, 
because it's murder in mind and we're focused on Dennis Waterman's character. Dennis Waterman is going to be the murderer. He's going to kill right. someone. That's why he's in prison. That is what I'm thinking watching this. Yes. Okay. But as yep. we start seeing Dave more, I'm starting to think, did Dave kill someone for him? Yeah, that's what I was kind of leaning towards, yeah. Mm. And I'm trying to throw this out here as well. And it may, I don't know, if people have not watched the episode, it may kind of ruin what we're talking about a little bit. But at this stage, with all the stuff back and forth between Ken and Dave and who's in prison and has Dave done acted on Ken's behalf, whatever, I have completely forgot about the opening scene with the kids in the takeaway and the, pl- and, the car, and, and the car crash. Completely forgot about it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, absolutely. Until until we see that again later, I completely yeah. forgot about it. Which is which again, with hindsight, really brilliant writing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's you know what, and actually, it's this writer again. It's kind of what he did in the story Passion with the woman falling off the roof at the beginning. Right, I've done yeah. better because he yeah. did the woman falling off the roof, but then we looked up at old quirky. Yeah, and we said, I think you could have just got rid of that bit of the woman falling off the roof or just done the woman falling off the roof and then cut it. And you yeah. go, what the hell was that? Someone fell off the roof. Um, it was almost the same sort of thing there. He's put something in there that happens later and just gone, here you go, open up with a big, whoa, what happened there? And then whilst you're getting invested in the story or falling asleep on your hotel bed at half past uh, 10, you, um, you, you forget about it. Yeah, it's, it's clever, I think. Yeah, it is. Uh, now we're talking about it, it is. <laughs> um, he's meeting with Rosser again, and I put she's got no customer service skills. He's asking for help, and she ain't having it. Uh, he says he just needs some more time, not just for him, but for his 19 employees. Mm. And she does look a bit sympathetic here. A little bit? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. But again, she, I... I... Well, it comes out, doesn't it, as well, that one of the branches that's closing is going to be that one. Mm. So it, it sort of hammers home the point that she's acting in a way that's not maybe her decision to make as well. So, mm-hmm. um, And then just over the top of that, we hear Dave's voice in modern times going, she's a cow, and they know, know what happens to cows. And that was like, I thought, bit of cheese. Yeah. Bit and foreshadowing that yeah. they're going to put her down with a Mark Seven. Yeah, a bit on the nose, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, but again, with hindsight, a misdirect. Mm, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, clever. Uh, I don't know how it's clever and on the nose, but it sort of is. Yeah, it, well, yeah, it's, it's on the nose, but, you know, on the wrong nose. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whose nose? No one knows. I'm um, <laughs> You bastard. You won't cut out any of my stuff about Spider tits and giant cuts, will you? And my lying, slightly racist accent. I'm not cutting out anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, he gets back to the thing, and she he's free. Uh, he's fuming because she's frozen the account just as he expected. That cow, blah blah. blah. And again, mm. of course she is. She told you she was going to. She has yep. to. Yep. Um, but he's fuming because the forty grand has gone in. The 40 grand that was owed by the customer has gone in. Yeah. Um, so he goes into the bank again and he kicks off almighty and he says that the business 
had been with the bank for 24 years. He's always had an account with that bank. And, you know, you don't appreciate my custom, blah, blah, blah. And this is the bit where she bites back and shows a bit of personality and says they, they can't keep putting up with it, um, you know, because we've owed this for this amount of time. And that's mm. where I was first like, she's actually right. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is right. Um, but she's, she's just got, got a job to do, I suppose, you know. Yeah, that's why I said, again, we're going around the circle because we've said it, but that's why I kind of wish they didn't write her as a bitch. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Um, I wish it was Howard from Halifax. Yeah, okay. Okay, would that work? Maybe they could have still had him acting like an absolute arsehole at the beginning just to see if Howard's got range. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Had Perry played by the dude that does the insult character. Yeah. Ian Scott. Yeah. Who his name is? Barry Scott. Scott. Barry Scott. Yeah. Ian Scott is a bloke I used to work with. Yeah. We'll get him. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I better rather have Barry. Um he uh she she says that uh, he explains that the forty grand was paid in. Um and she's like, No, it wasn't. You didn't that there was no forty grand came into the account, blah blah blah. So he goes over to Jim kicking off. And Jim shows him all these documents that confirm that forty grand went into the bank account. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So someone has fucked up. Yeah. She does also. Explain, I don't know if this makes a difference, but she does also explain that uh, when that forty grand is set to be paid at the end of the week, she says that's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It but, doesn't clear for like five. Yeah, it takes days. five days for a credit that size or something like that. Good so it's point. going to be closed in the, in in the meantime. So Good does that point. affect it? I don't know. Does that affect it? Because I, 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 he goes no in and kicks off about it, and they said, oh, the money went in. Yeah. But actually, is it still clearing? Good point, because they did mention that, didn't they? Because if the, if the account's frozen, then it can't have anything paid into it, can it? No. So he so his end, is it Jim, the guy? His mm-hmm. end, he would have paperwork showing it's been paid. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't go into the frozen account. I imagine after the five days, it would just bounce back. Hmm. I don't know. I don't understand. I, 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 I don't really. I don't get it either. But <laughs> never mind. Um, so he goes back to the bank again. I'm bored saying go back to the bank, comes back and whatever. But it happens a lot. Tries to explain to poor old Perry that um, uh, what's going on. He says he got a call the account management centre, um, <laughs> and he he rants. That was pretty good. That, wasn't that it? was that was spot on. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and he he has a go at Perry again, and then blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> I care about my notes. Blah blah. Whatever happens, and something else happens, and who cares? Uh, Ken then says um, to Dave, "Christine was brilliant, um, but what could they do?" So he's talking up Christine again. Um, the management centre that she finally gets through to the management centre they talked about, and they said she blamed the bank, and the bank blames the management centre, don't they? It's kind of they're not yeah. getting an answer now. Now, now there is an issue with the bank. Yeah, yeah, really. And again. Relatable, yeah, totally. I can see, I can pretty sympathise with that. Go bouncing between one department to another. Yeah, told go to this else. department, yeah. and then they say go to this one, and then they say go to this one, yeah. and you're just like, I just want to blooming pay me. What's it? And that's it. No fucking accountability, you bastards! Is a genuine mm-hmm. line I have used on the phone to a certain department. Wow. Yeah, I got well. quite cross. <laughs> <laughs> um, the VAT etc. Bounced. Apparently, mm, bad and Dave. Dave says uh, you can go to prison for that, and they have a little titter, don't they? A little laugh. Yeah, I, I liked that. 
They've that got a good little yeah banter kind of relationship, really, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. That 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 you know that tickled me a bit. Um, and this is where he had to let the team go, like you said, make them all redundant. He was devastated because um, some of them would never get a job anywhere else. That's mm. all they've ever worked at. Um, and it's all very sad, but again, probably avoidable. Um, he picks his wife up from work, and she's like, "Why are you picking me up from work?" Uh, yes. <laughs> he, he tells her that all the machines are being collected and ending the lease in the factory, and that's the end of his business. And she's just like, "Well, you have to get a job then." Yeah, that's fucking hell, love. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. What's he going to do? I don't know, be a taxi driver or something. What's he going to do? That was a bit brutal, though, wasn't it? There's yeah. really no love in that relationship, is there? No, she was quite. Uh, but again, though. Oh, see, again, it's just talking to you about it now that's making me realise even more about how clever some of this is. She says, again, jumping ahead a little bit, she leaves him. Mm. But when she's walking out, she actually says, years and years and years of my life, and it's been building to this point all along, it's been quite obvious that this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So perhaps she is the way she is because she knows what he's like. Mm. And he obviously kept quite a big secret from her as well. Well, yeah, this is, yeah. Um, he explains that the business, this is where he tells her, the business had a loan. Um, and that was what sort of started it all, really, because he had to mm. pay that back, and that's why they ended up in the overdraft. And Well, the interesting part of that was, as well, the biz- it's a business loan, but he says mm-hmm. he has to act as a guarantor for it. Yeah. So that, to me, says that the business has got no... He, he, there's no good credit on the business accounts for him to get a direct loan if he has to act as a personal guarantor. Yep. So that's I, I don't know. I don't know because I've never had my own business, but I would think you would need a guarantor anyway because like, if you're going to get a flat, let's say you're going to rent a place, mm. you need a guarantor. So if you can't pay for it, they can get the money from somewhere. So I would okay. think if you were going to get... I don't know. I've never had a business, but I would think if you were going to get a business loan, you would have to have some kind of thing like if I can't pay, if this business can't pay that money back, you can get the money from my personal account or from right. whoever. See, I yeah. thought I get where you're coming from, but I suppose it comes back to everything being leased. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, about yeah. It, he's leasing the building. He's leasing yeah, all the was. equipment. Yeah, good point. Doesn't any of it? Those are expensive machines. I mean, I, I've been in part of you know people buying and selling old ones bringing in new laves new new mills and all that sort of stuff in the job i worked in many many years ago they're really expensive bits of machinery but he's had it for over 24 years but he's leasing everything still after yeah. all that time so again it shows maybe management that we're getting way too deep into the into yeah. <laughs> management practices um but it's making the story more interesting for me than it was last night yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, that obviously because it's personal guarantor, they could take the house, and that was mm-hmm. kind of the last straw for yeah. obviously. See ya. Um, and at the time, again, it might be because I was a bit tired, or whatever. I put, um, and now she's leaving him. Christ, she's bloody heartless. Because all I was looking at was he's got all this pressure on, and everything's falling apart. I didn't really break down the fact that actually a lot of it seems to have been caused by him. Yeah, not in a bad way, but you know, caused by him. <laughs> Um, Ken goes into a smoky bar and sees Dave again. There's those are people that used to work for him at the bar, apparently. Um, he asks Dave, that's where he asked, like you said, for him to get him a Mark 7 Humane Dispatcher. And he says he needs it to kill a goat. 
Um, <laughs> he tells him this little story to give it to a restaurant, and uh, he tells Dave that he'll give him a hundred quid. And Dave's like, a ton? What kind of goat is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I like this as well because he's basically thinking about offering himself, isn't he? Poor, I didn't get that candies. at the time. Did you not? Okay. Not he's... until the next bit, but at this point, I thought he was going to go and kill the band manager. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. He sits down, he's drinking the whiskey, and he, he's mm-hmm. got, he's made, he's written out a note, and he's going to kill himself. And just when he's about to pull the trigger, there's a bang, and it's Dave at the window going, Are you all right in there, mate? And it's like, and he says, I didn't even think. I saw you just twigged that you wanted it for this. You know, and that, <laughs> yeah. that tickled me because Dave's just there going, Oh, do you want to kill a goat? Yeah, sure, have this. And it's the image of him later on, whether he's, you know, smoking a cigarette. Still in the, the fruit, bar, yeah. Yeah, he's at the fruit machine, just suddenly goes, hang on. You know, just the penny <laughs> drops, you know. <laughs> That's just the image I had in my head. <laughs> but, what, I mean, now I'm thinking about it, there is a slight issue here in that, isn't this supposed to be like the same day? Yeah. Because they were in the pub and he was drunk, so how did he get him that humane spectrum so quickly? Oh, yeah. But anyway, let's ignore that. It, it was quite funny because, again, actually, I really like the Dave character. Yeah. And I think um, relatable as well because he's like, took me far too long to realise that you were about to walk <laughs> yourself, mate. Sorry about that. But they clearly have a close friendship. He goes yeah. and you know checks on him, makes sure he's all right. Um, this bit shows their close relationship as well, doesn't it? When they're sat in the front room. This is, this is a fun scene, isn't it? I love this. This for me was because of how I felt moving up to this. Again, I'm going to blame being tired and whatnot. This is this woke me up in a way. This I really enjoyed this scene. I thought this was really good fun. Um, they modern. T- we could quickly get a little bit of the modern time where he says Dave saved his life, um, and then Dave's like, "Yeah, I'm an idiot for realising that late." And then uh, <laughs> they use that gun thing to shoot through some of his wife's ornaments. Yeah, and he shoots a picture of his wife on it, and then. <laughs> Dave's in the corner going, cushion, bank manager, cushion, bank manager, bank manager. And he's they're like, absolutely, yeah. they're smashed at this point, aren't they? They're absolutely <laughs> They play it so well as well. Yeah. They're, they're pissed up and they're just shooting cushions again. Yeah. And he, Dave goes, let's go outside now and get the goat. And Ken's like, there's no fucking goat dance. <laughs> he's like, oh yeah. Really fun scene. This yeah, was. that was good. Um, and then again, relatable. After that little bit, he um, he's ob- they've obviously had a few more drinks, and now they've gone past the let's have fun, and now we're in the deep, deep waters of Drink Avenue, and he's going, you know, I've lost everything. It's all thanks to that bank, and and Dave says you nearly gave up your life as well, and then the bank really would have had everything. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to let them win. So this, this was a big sort of turning point as well. But such a good scene. Oh, I had a great time really with this. Good. Really good. Um, Dave says to him, you know, that you can't get back at a bank. Um, and Ken says that he's he spent his whole life being reasonable and good. And look where it got him. Uh, I wrote, Ken, Ken, uh, Dave is really good fun. I wrote, yeah. Yeah, I'd go um, for a drink with Dave. Oh, hell yeah. I'd, I'd enjoy that. Well, bless him. Not now. But, um, well, oh, yeah. dear. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oopsie doopsie uh, Ken pulls up to the bank uh, with the big gun is what I'm calling it now because it's what it looks like and he goes to the bank with it in kind of his like a bag mm. he walks up to poor old Perry who looks fed up he, ro- he rocks up to the bank and Perry just goes 
<sighs> Not you again. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Um, he tells Ken that um, that lady he's looking for has transferred to head office. The branch is closing in mm. three weeks. Um, Which I thought was a real nice touch because then it shows that these people, they're getting laid off. They're in, they're mm. in a bad situation. Yeah, Perry's about to lose his job. Yeah. Didn't seem that bothered about it. No. Have you got any jobs going? I thought that would be a great touch if you asked. That would have been really funny. (laughs) Yeah, I've started working with this guy called Dave. Company (laughs) Killing Goats. Selling them to restaurants. I've Um, already got a Mark IV, but it's my own. (laughs) (laughs) It was my grandma's. Um, (laughs) Dave... uh, Dave says, you wouldn't really have killed her, would you? And Ken's like, yeah, probably could have done, mate. Yeah, we're seeing a different side of Ken now, aren't we? (laughs) Well, we're starting to see him get a bit darker. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dave says, kill a bank manager. For a kill a bank manager, that's got to be quite a high penalty. (laughs) (laughs) Dave's a legend. (laughs) He's brilliant. Um they laugh at it and uh, now the house is gone the business is gone the car's gone he's just got this sort of clapped out thing um, he's in the caravan now isn't he well Christine again gives him gives yeah. him a caravan doesn't he doesn't she and then she kind of turns to her husband and cries and you can see how much she cares for him and yeah, how much she it's a shame from that aspect her. isn't it yeah she's she's I written bless her she's a good egg mm, yeah my notes have calmed down at this time like so I was very sleepy right and I was <laughs> <laughs> I've, gone, I've gone from some of the nonsense I was doing earlier on where I'm just oh bless her what a good egg she is see again I think we get a little insight onto Morty on the road here don't we with how your <laughs> notes go up and down depending on what time you watch the episode <laughs> yeah I've gone from spider tits to oh what a lovely lady she is yeah um, for giving him an old caravan <laughs> <laughs> he said at least when he was going to kill himself he had something to do <laughs> That'll pass the time. Fuck it. Take a painting or something. Get a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> this is stamp collecting, man. For fuck's yeah. sake. Um, <laughs> I did say to someone today that someone had asked me about something, and I got onto my fact the fact that I collect coins. Yeah. And I know it's a dull subject. And they asked me about it. So I was talking to them about it. And someone went, do you collect stamps as well? I, was, <laughs> I looked at them like, I said, if I start collecting stamps, beat me. <laughs> okay. I'm not that bad yet. If I start going, it's bad enough. I'm like, well, this coin is from 1924. But if I start going, this is a second class stamp from the early 70s, then really I've lost it. I really have lost it. I've, um, as you've seen a couple of pictures, got into this thing over the last maybe year of collecting little TARDISes from Doctor Who. And I've got various different TARDISes. I've got, they're I, getting I my, smaller by the week. Yeah, there's some really yeah little dinky ones and there's other stuff as well. Like I've got like a TARDIS money pot. I've got a TARDIS, two, two actually, because it's a pair of salt and pepper shakers that are TARDISes and stuff like this. Um, I bought myself a bottle of bubble bath from 1987 <laughs> that's still in the box that's a TARDIS and I did what you just said about then I sat down with my two daughters and I was like look this is a bottle of bubble bar from 1987 designed like a TARDIS and they're talking about the logo and I looked at them and they just glazed over they were just like you sad fat prick <laughs> <laughs> 
been there, my friend. I was, my my wife's um, cousin is into sort of coins and stuff like that. So when he came round to our house once, we literally spent three hours going through this box of coins I've got. Going, look at the design on that Indian rupee from the nineteen forties, and oh, look at that Maltese one. It's got an otter on it, isn't that? Look at this. Well, this one's got a Nazi symbol. And my wife just walked in and was like, "You two fucking losers." <laughs> I was like, look at this Euro from 2010. And she's like, it's a fucking Euro, mate. Like, I'm like, yeah, but this one's from Germany. She's like, shut up. Let's go away. Look at this. Look, look at this Spanish coin. It's got a football on it because it was from the, the uh, World Cup in the 80s. And it was very, it only came out of that specific touch. She's like, I don't care about your coins. Leave me alone. No one cares about coins as much as you do. <laughs> Charlie like obviously loves the Tardises and the Doctor Who and all that sort of stuff. Liv's got no interest whatsoever, so she looks at it for what it is, and she she said to me, "So, is is it empty?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, it's not going to be. You know, it's 1987. You're not going to have a bubble bath in there." She goes, "So you bought an empty bottle?" You <laughs> <laughs> and she followed that up with the two words coming from my daughter's mouth that were unnecessarily harsh. You idiot. <laughs> just like <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll put it back on the shelf. You, know? <laughs> you don't want to hear any more about this production, how it was produced or anything then, no? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, what a kind of pair of losers we are. Anyway, um <laughs> I was gonna say lovable losers, but I reckon we've offended someone along the line oh, here somewhere. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Um yeah, so he's he's uh, the only thing he could do now to be at peace was to channel his anger and be decisive. Essentially, to be fair, he's he has lost everything. Yeah. So now he's decided. Well, let's just. At this point, I thought he's decided let's kill someone. Mm-hmm. Yep. We find we do find out spoilers that he hadn't decided that really. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't think he had decided that. Mm. We'll get to it because he was talking about killing the the lady in the bank, so he'd already had that in his he mind. Did. Yeah, that was before he kind of had a bit more of a break, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not cashier's faults, he says, but there's the chairman that takes all the spoils. So now he is focused on the chairman, and that's why I thought, ah, okay, he's going to do this. An internet cafe, I think they're called. He's it was an internet that, cafe. I remember my first trip to an internet cafe was in Gran Canaria. When I was okay. 11 years old. I remember that. don't remember why, but I remember that we needed to do something or we were looking for something. And my dad had said, there's an internet cafe just down the road. And we went in there and um, I remember having some kind of cold drink and they only had a beer. Or I don't remember the ins and outs. I just remember it being really cool at that time. Yeah. Was this, I, sat, I was 11, so it was like 2000. Well, this, I was like, look at that place. Because he sat there. And you got all these, you know, the, that standard grey beige like colour to all the tarot, big block tarot units, all next to all the monitors, and they're all really crammed in. And he's still got a cigarette on the go. Mm. You know, it's like, look at this place. This is a proper, you know, slice of the past, isn't it? I've just realised what it was. I've just remembered as I'm talking to you. Okay. I was about ten years old. My dad took me to the internet cafe because we were away in Gran Canaria. Obviously, phones weren't really a thing. They didn't yeah. have internet on them. And then there was no other way of getting the internet other than going there. And the WWE had had a pay-per-view. And I wanted to go on WWE.com to look at the results. 
Amazing. So I was in there in Gran Canaria at 10 years old, little nerd, on the internet cafe with my little bottle of whatever this juice was or this soda was or whatever it was, looking at WWE.com, scrolling down, looking at the results of what had happened. Why? Can you remember what show it was? I don't. And I was probably looking at the roster page and the pictures of the Divas with very little clothes on, to be honest. Yeah, that's a good shape. Yeah. (laughs) No, maybe not at 10. Maybe not at 10. Maybe. I was was 11, so yeah, no, it probably did happen. Anyway, um, that's that's enough about my pervy history. Um, (laughs) But yeah, what a lovely little memory to come popping back. Yeah, that's great. The the old WWE.com, when you scroll down the bottom and they had the pictures of the title belts, and you would hover over the title... You'd have the pictures of the title belts at the bottom, and you would hover over them, you'd click on it, and it would come up with who the champion was, and it would have the title history. Right, that is brilliant. Yeah, I remember that. Because I used to in in we used to have IT at school and at primary school the IT class was in like one of those temporary buildings. It was oh, just like yeah. a box. Don't they call it? A, is it a terrapin? Isn't that a type of like lizard? Yeah, no, it's not a lizard. It's like a turtle sort of thing, isn't it? Oh, okay. Terrapin's got a shell, but I think they called these terrapins in our school. They called them terrapins. Okay. I think. Or I've completely made that up, and that's, everyone's <laughs> laughing. <now. laughs> I just called it a lizard, mate. You're okay. fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I, we used to be able to print stuff in there as well, and I used to print off uh, pictures of wrestlers from WWF.com. Remember that it was WWF at that time, and I, rem- I do remember uh, looking at Scotty Too Hotty and someone going, "Who the who is that?" I was like, "Oh, that's Scotty Too Hotty," and then in my head, I'm like. You just said that out loud. <laughs> That's not going to mean anything to anyone else. That person's name is Scotty Too Hotty. And they're like, is he, is he a wrestler? Like, yes, he does the worm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I'm obviously a, a little bit older than, than you. And I can remember the first time we had computers in our school. And they were the old BBC computers. And mm. they had the black keys, and for some reason, that one line of red keys at the very top that we were told don't ever oh, press. About them. Don't ever press the red keys because it's gonna <laughs> fucking explode or some shit. And I'd be like, I can't touch the keyboard. Yeah, <laughs> I've forgotten about them. Yeah. Wow. And this has got nothing to do with anything. Good God. Now we go on some tangents on the show, don't we? <laughs> we do. Uh, he collected a load of info about um, this guy from the Inlet Cafe. Uh, we have some really nice shots here, like building shots. Very stylish mm. for the time. For. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't know why they were relevant, but never mind. Um, he watches the dude leave the office, um, and then he breaks into his old warehouse. Yeah. Uh, Ken does. Um, there's loads of like, chains hanging down, and he, I don't know what any of it is. Um well, it's like a pit, isn't there? Yeah. It, the fact that when it goes on to hold acid, in theory, doesn't it? Mm. If that's what I think it is with where the chains are, when I used to work at places like this, the certain the, certain machines, when the tool would go into whatever you were machining, would get hot. Mm-hmm. So they used to spray like coolant onto it. So they have a constant pump of the water mixing with the coolant, and it would go into it. But it would go fucking everywhere. So you'd have tanks underneath to catch all mm-hmm. the liquid and it would get recycled back through the system again so i'm thinking maybe that was where the coolant went but i could be completely wrong but that's what i remember doing there was chains hanging years. over like a, yeah. a slight pit wasn't there yeah and the chains would be how you move the machine into position and drop it down and that's where it would sit Got and you. stuff so 
Yeah, it makes sense. Um, the next day, he sits outside the guy's mansion, follows him to a golf day. Uh, at the end of the day, the guy's putting his clubs in the car, and Ken chloroforms him? Yeah. Not sure yeah, where he gets chloroform from. No, but he's he's putting some real thought into this now. Well, we see, especially, don't we, when we get back to the factory. He has put a lot well, of thought into this. We're convinced he's murdering this guy. That's yes. hence the name of the program. In a very, um, um, we spoke about this maybe not last week, week before. Very kind of James Bond-esque way, isn't it? Little little bit, yeah, I thought, I actually put a bit Bond villain-esque. Yeah. The only way it's not more Bond villain is the way that he didn't walk away and just assume he was dead already. Yeah, in the way the true. Bond villain, yeah. <laughs> and he didn't tell him his whole plan at the beginning. No, that's true. Um, he he has now we, this guy is chained up on some kind of metal fence thing, uh, suspended above a pool of acid. You heard that right, guys? Yeah, pool of acid. Um, Brian's the the bank manager, the bank chairman, is saying that the uh, the bank have a policy that they pay ransoms. <laughs> I hope that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And um, also, it's bad, a bad idea publicizing that, maybe. Yeah. But. <laughs> um, Ken's like, nah. And he says it'll be boring if uh, Brian keeps asking why he's going to do it and all this. So he's just going to tell him. And if he asks any questions, then penalties may apply. I like that. Mm, yeah, that was good. There's a lot of those. There's a lot of these moments that I really enjoy in this. There is. So he, the, the, platform if you like that he's on is being weighted down with bags of coppers yeah it's like a counter not policemen thing, isn't it yeah i don't mean policemen like no not bags of points. coins <laughs> yeah i wish i could have had a look inside his bags anyway those are copper coins i'd have found <laughs> some gems there legitimately a few weeks ago i paid something with cash to a uh you know the self pay checkout thing right and two peas came out and i stood there and my wife was next to me, and I started looking at him. And she was like, what are you doing? Oh, well, that was from 1973. She was like, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> That's going in the box. He was like, just fuck off. I'm like, it's, a, it's like a 50-year-old coin. How yeah. is that not interesting? That's just come out of the machine in Sainsbury's. Imagine how many people have held this. Then I realised she's already left the shop now. <laughs> and I was like, Oh. You're talking to no one. <laughs> no interest. <laughs> my, my, just my five-year-old daughter looking at me like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's interesting, that's <laughs> she humours me. She's like, oh, can I look at your coins, Daddy? I'm like, of course you can, babe. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, she's, I just, I just she's like, called. I like that one. I'm like, yeah, don't touch it. <laughs> I just get called idiot for my touch on people. <laughs> oh, well, do, you, do you know one of the reasons that I collect coins? True story. One of the reasons why I collect them, I always wanted the collection. My grand, my granddad collected things. I always wanted the collection. And as I got older, um, I wanted my kids to feel the way that I did about my gran. In that, when I die, I want my kids and my grandkids to open up a cupboard, find this, and go, "What the fuck was wrong with him? <laughs> why is he kept?" All of these, like they're all the same coin. Why has he got? What? What is? Why are there four different box? I've got four boxes. Brilliant. For no other reason than I think it would be funny if I put them in different places. Right. So they find a box of coins and go, "Oh, we collected coins. A bit weird. Look at all of those." And then they go and they find another box and there's more. Co- why are there more coins? And they do that another three times. I think that'd be Brilliant. hilarious. 
<laughs> that will be fantastic. That'll yeah. be really good. <laughs> it's like, why? Why has he got so many guns? But that's how I started. But because of the way my mind worked, I now have a system. Right. One box has got all the coins that belong to my granddad and my dad, my stepdad, my step-granddad. They're all my, my precious coins. They're my important ones. Yeah. There's a box with all of my dad's coins, my stepdad's coins, um, that was his holiday money. Okay. I know it was his holiday money because I worked that out. So in this box, there was like a money bag, you know, like those little bags that you collect the coppers in. Yeah. And it was full of coins. And I started looking through it and I'm like, oh, they're all a bit similar. And then I just realized, because they're all from Spain in the late 70s, early 80s, it was just his holiday money. He never changed it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I kept that in another box. The third box is the notes and coins that I collected. Not what he collected, that I collected from just from traveling. So like when I went to Kenya, the first one I've had was when I went to Scotland when I was 14, it was one of the last one pound notes. They discontinued them that year. Okay. So you got like that, you got some Kenyan shillings, but you have got like two P's from 1960 something. And people will be like, why? But <laughs> I put, I put coins in there from like 2010. Cause the way I see it is one day that's going to be an old coin. Yeah. That is it's true. already 13 years old now. Yeah. You know, so I've got coins in there from like early 2000s, whatever. At the moment, not very interesting. But in 50 years, some people will find it fascinating. Yeah. And then my fourth box is my digging. So the stuff that I've actually found when I've gone digging. So right. there is now logic to all four boxes that my children will never know because I'll be dead and my wife doesn't listen to me. Well, they might figure it out. You never know. Or Ooh. they might listen to this podcast. <laughs> How soon do you think I'm dying? <laughs> no, no. I mean, <laughs> well, it's like the internet. Things hang around forever, don't they? They might, they might go. Oh, you know what? Dad's been dead ten years. I just want to hear it's his just... voice. Let's hear him talk <laughs> oh, to that. God. Let's let's let's, <laughs> let's hear him talk to that fat bloke about spider tits. And they press play, and then they hear this, and they're like, "Holy shit!" And they're ringing each other up, going, "Although they might have like a WhatsApp group or something," and they're going, "Them fucking boxes in the cupboard. Listen to this." <laughs> There's logic behind it. Yeah. <laughs> also, our dad was weird. <laughs> if you're listening to this, 50 years in the future, I am so sorry about the spider tip talk. <laughs> and I just want to say, Morty's children, it was a fucking big cup. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to go with the coins now so that makes sense when they find it <laughs> I've got to <laughs> oh man oh dear I would have put, put in my tits but the problem is <laughs> the only problem with doing that is uh, other than this is an audio podcast is there's the remnants of chocolate in one of them and I would have put them on there I would have just had this brown stain on my lip anyway we're talking about murder in mine good god we're really done um, <laughs> I ain't show, what is this show now what is it I don't know but I'm having so much fun <laughs> <laughs> what a great time uh, we loosely and you know this is the episode Anthony Horowitz will talk, listen to yeah. He's like, do you know what? I'm going to give these guys a, a chance. They're sort of talking about our show a lot, you know, and talk advertising like my new books, my new shows. 
I'm going to give it a listen and see what they think about my, what, what are they on about spider tits and giant cups? <laughs> oh man. I would just recommend <laughs> Mr. Horowitz. If this is the episode you're listening to, uh, first of all, hi, my name is Cy. But secondly, <laughs> secondly, you need to go back and listen to the previous episodes to understand the spider tits talk. It's not as random as it seems. <laughs> I mean, no, don't do that, Mr. Horowitz. Please listen to the first episode where we show some respect. Yeah, yeah, we do Other love than the show. Barry, we did, we did call you Barry for you. Yeah, times. we did. That was that was an intro. We love the show. Thank you, please. I really like Crime Traveler. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, anyway. the show. <laughs> the show. We'll, we'll interview you. Let's do an interview. Oh, How many tits do you think a spider has, Mr. Horowitz? We've got an idea for a few books. <laughs> James and the Giant Cup. <laughs> oh my god. Oh dear. What are we doing? Um what where were we? Oh, acid. Yes. <laughs> Feels like we have been doing that, doesn't it? It does a little bit. <laughs> um Anyway, he's weighing it down with coppers. Um, he lectured uh, Brian about his business and basically, well, we'll say that he's, he's lecturing him about his business progression, really, because he's going through this chairman's job history as a negative thing. You've yeah. gone this place and then you've you've accumulated all this money and then you've gone somewhere else and then you've uh, collected that company and that company's died. And I'm listening to him and I'm, he's giving it a negative spin. But actually, this Brian guy is very successful yeah. and has made those other businesses successful enough to sell them, which is what businesses yeah. do. Yeah. Is it not? Yeah, totally. Yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah. He hasn't really done anything wrong. The big negative, he says, is that he's had an affair, isn't it? Mm. And that's a personal thing as opposed to a business thing. Yeah, but that kind of comes up because at one point he's crying and saying, I've got kids, I've got a wife. Oh, yeah. Like, nah, you ain't got kids. Yeah, I looked yeah. you up. You ain't got kids and your wife left you because you're a cheater. Which was quite... <laughs> it was good. Um, and this is this was quite fun. He says, um, do you know what? Let's call the bank <laughs> to save you. Let's call the bank. And Brian's like, yeah, let's call the bank then. And he says... Um, he thinks... So he starts going through the options and he goes through four options and he goes, Hmm, I think lowering the chairman into acid is probably under any other options. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny. Um, I put, it's an odd scene. No, it's an odd scene. It's very enjoyable, but it's weird. I, it? I loved it. I fucking loved this scene so much. Cause it was just so, this guy's got to a point where he doesn't give a shit. He's no. in his mind. He's lost everything. He's what, so he's having fun with this, what he sees as being, the villain maybe the end game i don't know well that's a question i've got in a bit yeah yeah um asks him to have pity um and he agrees the call center is too slow so uh so yeah so brian agrees the call center is too slow he's like yeah i get it i get your point um we'll get more operators on and ken's like nah you don't care about that there's nothing that um he could do to help Ken now because that guy Brian has ruined Ken's life. Mm, it is, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's where he says he's the husband and the father. And Ken's like, ah, you ain't mate. Um, he lowers him in more and more and more, and the guy keeps panicking and, and thrashing about. And I, I thought his back just touched the top of the liquid. Right. 
at this point. That's what I thought from the visual, or it was very close. And then Brian has a heart attack and dies. Yeah, it. Uh, it's funny. It, I know it shouldn't be funny because the guy, but it cracks me up the bit because he's taking the money off and 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 he. Oh, I wish these were these were pounds rather than pennies. But obviously, you know, I can't do that because you know I've been I've lost everything. And, <laughs> and he's like, Oh, I'll tell you what we could do. Let's remove this here. And it's all the letters we wrote to the bank and not got a reply. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, this guy is an evil genius. This is just comedy gold in a really yeah. sinister way of in theory killing someone but then it's just did he say it was water and bicarbonate of soda yeah it, it was it was warm water with bicarb yeah <laughs> which right so but i've got a question so okay because dave says you weren't really gonna lower him into acid were you and he was like this is hot water and bicarb and he's laughing at <laughs> what was the end game I don't know. Because Sky's in his face. He's pretty much told him who he is. He told him this was his business, blah, blah, mm. blah. Was he going to let him go? I don't... I don't know. And I, I wonder if... I wonder if the writer even thought that through. Because mm. we also get the conclusion that he has the heart attack and dies. And, and then he buries him under concrete and shows no remorse at all. No, he doesn't give a shit. So I'm thinking... I mean, is he... St- have we seen at any stage that he's still got that that gun thing with him? Is that an option? I don't know. He's, he's still got it, but I don't mm. know if he had it there. Um, and then it's this point when they start at the prison, they stand up, and that's when it becomes apparent. Dave's the one in prison, which I did not see coming. No, by this point, I'm thinking it's uh, I'm all the way through. I'm like, who's in prison? Who's in prison? Who's in prison? And then when we get to this point with the the acid and all that sort of stuff, I'm thinking, Ken's in fucking prison. Mm-hmm. And then they stand up, I'm like, oh no, shit, look at that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and the reason was, because the night that they got pissed, which is the last time we saw Dave, and we didn't even think about it, Dave got in the car yes. and went to drive, and that's <laughs> when he ended up hitting the thing. And then that's they show the clip from the beginning, and I was like, oh yeah, that did happen. Yeah, That was, so, that was really that good. That was I really not, well done, yeah, really well done. not see that come in. Uh, he's only got three months left, isn't he, Dave? So Dave will be out uh, where he belongs. We love Dave. Um, Dave asked Ken what happened with the dispatcher at Mark 7, and Ken says, I kept it. Oh, yes, yes. Then we're at a train platform. Ken's <laughs> waiting there, and the railway is delayed due to sh- staff shortages. And at that point, Ken looks over someone's shoulder, sees a newspaper. They're the chairman of that train service that's just had a massive bonus. Uh, because he's made sharp staff cuts and all this, and he looks at the camera and he might as well have winked. Yeah. And then we end. Yeah. I guess he's a vigilante now. I don't know. I don't know. But we had issues in the past, didn't we, with people looking at the camera? Or I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the whole Rob Brydon talking directly to us. No, that, that really took us out, didn't it? But this, just that one little touch at the end of the episode, as cheesy and as silly as it may well have been. I don't know if it's because I find it so entertaining when he was doing the whole thing with the letters and the, mm. the f- being on hold and all that. I thought that was brilliant. I didn't mind that whatsoever. It was it was a lovely bit of cheese to be yeah. fair, wasn't it? So, so, you were a fan of this, it seems. So, are you yes. murdering it, keeping it in mind? Keeping it in mind, one hundred percent. I really enjoyed this. I, it, it's it's enough. It's obviously a lot of. 
dark's not the right word, but a lot of bad things going on to the, in these people's lives. But it was also still done in such a lighthearted way when you had the prison scenes where they were talking and making the jokes and, and so on. And then the end scene as well, he's in theory lowering this guy into acid and he's making jokes the whole time. And I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Definitely in mind this one. What about you, Mort? Well, we spoke about last week about how that was very dark in tone and we were trying to explain how some of them were lighter in tone, even though they were about murder, mm. but it's kind of it. You have changed my mind. Talking oh. to you about it has changed my mind. I, I was going to murder this because I found I was clock watching but actually, when I stop and think about it, I was clock watching for the first half an hour. Okay. And that's when there was a lot of bank talk and stuff like yeah. that. And like I said, it might have been my my mood. Once discussing it, I was like, actually, that was needed for the later stuff. And when I was talking about and thinking about it, those scenes with Dave and Ken, like I said, one of the things that I'd put it on is, if we're saying keep it in mind, I will recommend it to someone or not. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this, you should go and watch this in Daily Motion for those scenes. For that scene with the lowering into the supposed acid, for the scene where they're shooting the cushion, cushion, bank manager, cushion, bank manager. <laughs> they are brilliant scenes. They're so enjoyable. And actually, thinking about it, that second half of it, I had a lot of fun watching it. First half, maybe a bit mm, of a slog, yeah. but for me, no, you know what? Screw it, I would I would watch it again. And you know what? I watched it a few months ago, and that might have been another reason why when I was watching it, I was a little bit not that bothered by the first half. So okay. I'm going to keep it in mind too. Change my oh, mind. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. VIP, Cy, who are you going for? Oh, see, I think Wartman's absolutely fantastic. But the mm. character of Dave's just so funny, isn't he? I think I'm going to have to give it to Dave. I don't know, because Wartman was... Oh, that's difficult. No, I'll go with the Dave character. I'll go with Dave. Okay. I, I, I too am going with Dave. Um, really could, difficult for me to choose, mind. I really struggled, but I, I could say Waterman to kind of even it out uh, because he was brilliant. And he was like the main character, but the character Dave, I, I would watch him in anything. Yeah, he was brilliant, and their dynamic together was really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what about a, you know, who who should get in the bin? We really need to think of the name of this. Who should get in the bin? Um, I think there's a shape for the lady bank manager, but I also think there's a shape for uh, Ken's wife. Oh, good point. You know, um, I'll probably go mm. with the lady bank manager just because she's in it more, so she has more opportunity yep. to get in the bin. I, I'm going with the bank manager because I'd already written that down, but it's a good point. But to be fair, um, the wife's not in it that much. Yeah. Um. So, I've just noticed something here. This is this is important. Okay. There's a couple of characters I didn't talk to you about. Okay. So Brian was in, uh, played by Mafra, uh, Matthew Marsh. He was in Burnham Red Dwarf. But there's one I nearly ruined everything. Because Jim, our friend Jim, who was the guy with the killing machine. Oh, Odin 40 Grand. Grand. Doctor Who alert. Oh, I need, we nearly God. didn't have one. We nearly didn't have one. For the first time. <laughs> I just spotted it when I was scrolling up. Uh, thank goodness for Jim. Episode Series 4, okay. Episode 2, Buyers of Pompeii, which okay. was with um, Capaldi in it. He's just a stall holder, but we made it. We did yes. it. He's still in Doctor Who. <laughs> it still counts. 
And he was in Lovejoy. So there you go. Oh, nice. Thank goodness. We ended it on a happy note. <laughs> there we go, mate. There we go. Um, great. I enjoyed talking about that. Um, next time, we are going to look at the first episode of the last ever series, um, which is uh, series three, episode one, which is called Echoes. Um, and I'm just looking down the name of uh, wrestlers, I nearly said. No, it isn't. The name <laughs> of um, actors. And there's no one really jumping out at me. Okay. There's a few I, ne- I recognise the names, but you ain't going to recognise them. Uh, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but there is some, some interesting names on there. Um, but... I can't remember anything from the episode, so I'm not even going to pretend that I can. But what will be interesting is that this series uh, is from 2003 now. We, we've reached that. So literally 20-year television again. We're back there again. We're caught up. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, obviously, I have no idea what I'm about to watch. So. No, me neither. <laughs> I recognize you the names, but me neither. So, uh, so we look forward to that. Sai, my dear friend. Yes, that was a, that was a fun ride. We diverted quite a few times, and we have done the last few episodes. Certainly since our comeback, we uh, the tone's been a bit different at the show. But I'm having a great time rewatching this with you. Oh, where too, can where can everyone find you to hear you sort of do this kind of stuff elsewhere? Uh, well, yeah, if you want uh, anything I'm involved in is on the network that carries this show. That's at SJP World Media on Facebook and Twitter and all your podcast players, platforms and providers. So check us a follow and like a subscribe, all that good stuff. So you don't miss any episodes, the YouTube channel as well. So you don't miss any live stuff we do. There's stuff looking at wrestling, looking at different TV programs, looking at you know Doctor Who, Quantum Leap and all this sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, basically, that's where you can find anything I'm involved in. And, and this show as well, of course, is at Murder in Mind Pod on Twitter. So there we go. What about you, Mort? Uh, you can find me interacting with that um, with that Twitter account with mine, which is MortyJR5. And you can catch me on another show, which is the Morty and Fit show, arrogantly called Just Me and uh, a Big Hairy Man, baby. Um, <laughs> just, just both of us talking nonsense like you've heard on here um really so you know i used to say on there murder in mind it's a bit more of a serious show and i say on here it's a bit more of a silly show they've kind of bled into each other now yeah they've crossed over a touch i think yeah they have a bit um but it's, <laughs> it's it's um we've got nothing that we talk about and somehow we cover every subject but now we do it um it's just a bit of fun uh like escapism it's all done for jokes and um yeah just give it a listen have a bit of a laugh and yeah yeah it is it is funny and it will make you laugh i enjoy it all the time it's, it's bloody brilliant thank you and and you you ha- have only been on it once at time of recording um but legitimately it is probably at the moment at least i do go through stages the episode that i listen to myself the most and it sounds arrogant that you listen to episodes of your own show you know repeatedly like you might listen to it the first time, but I have literally listened to that episode that you're on, which is pub quiz number three. Don't ruin the brain. Um, <laughs> probably about outside of editing since it's been released probably six times. It's only was released okay. a couple of months ago and it's quite long. It's like a couple of hours. Yes. Um, I find it so funny. Um, I, I am in it, but I'm just kind of asking questions, whatever, but you are, fucking hilarious in it mags <laughs> is on top form ben and james are on top form 
Fitch is coming out with it's just so enjoyable. It's just six idiots just <laughs> spinning idiots. <laughs> one of my favourite things, and this is I don't know why it is, because there's a lot of stuff in it that's legitimately funny. Good jokes, good comments, good whatever, Mags's reactions. One of my favourite things for some reason that I will never understand is Fitch plays the jingle to a little section that we call Shirt or Pants. Yeah. And Cy <laughs> loses his freaking mind. <laughs> and him laughing at the Shirt or Pants jingle, because I'm presuming the first time he'd ever heard it, yeah. just makes me laugh every time to the point where I rewind it and listen to that section <laughs> about four or five times on this day. It makes me laugh so much. I went straight downstairs and said, Sha, Sha, you got to listen to this, right? Also, I didn't have it to play here, but I was like, there's this segment on the show. What did uh, what did Sharon think about the uh, Shirt of Pants jingle? Well, she just went, what have you been doing with your evenings? What are you... <laughs> <laughs> when you're sat upstairs, what's going on? What? what... <laughs> is, uh... Yeah, so go, go, and, go and check it out and then come back and join us again uh, next time. Thanks a lot. <laughs> That's a really big cup. <laughs> just, just taking a swig. Then it covers half your face. It's like a fucking COVID mask made out of ceramics. <laughs> you know, I was thinking. I literally I took a sip and I looked at the camera. Fuck, it's a big cup. <laughs> now I am starting to question. <laughs> whether I'm in a mental break and if you're real because you keep saying things I'm thinking <laughs> I don't know oh. what's happening today oh. I told oh. you I woke up and I was just saying stuff like the fish is wearing sherbet and he lives in a hill and I'm sitting in my giant cup talking to an imaginary guy with a beard spider tits and awesome <laughs> <laughs> Like with a beard with Gloucester accent. <laughs> Where did if, you come from? <laughs> uh, if, you, if you've had a mental break and I'm the best you can come up with, pick <laughs> <laughs> up. Come on, Luke, poor chocolate. I'm a stick. Oh my god, stop it, my face hurts, I'm laughing too much. I can't see you now. Oh, there you are. It looks like I'm sticking my face in a bowl. You can have breakfast cereal in that. It's unnecessarily handle. I'm just thinking from a copy. It's like a prop from the garden of the big breakfast, isn't it, Jimbo? Oh dear. <clears throat> I don't know what the fuck this is. What is that? I <laughs> <It's> from... <laughs> Whatever, you broke it, now. <laughs> I, think, I think it's for milk. Is it for my milk and a stick? I don't, I don't know. know surely the milk stays in the stick until you need it. <laughs> oh, what else have I got on here? Sweet and low. Oh dear. Anyway, we need to talk about murder.
<laughs> yes. Felita's <laughs> big cup. You, think, you know how people like take sachets of coffee and stuff in the hotel rooms? Do you think I could take this cup? Do it. You need to take that cup home now. Ah, oh, dear. Your wife could drink her wine in it. <laughs> Fucking big enough for that. Need that job. <laughs> oh. Literally, I'm gonna. I'm getting the end of my hot chocolate out. Not a euphemism. And then um, we can do the thing. But look, because I've got to tip it all the way up, this gives you an idea of how big the cup actually is. Ready? <laughs> it's literally covered your eyes, your nose, and your mouth. <laughs> oh dear. Well, that was a very nice cup of mildly warm chocolate. Um. I think I'm fine to not have another one of them for another 20 years. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think I can live without it now. I like Horlicks. <laughs> mm, <laughs> when it comes to... Because to me, hot okay. chocolate's a bedtime drink, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm Yeah. <laughs> I'm there. Yeah. I've got to start falling asleep halfway through. Yeah. It's like dumb chocolate's fault. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's the milk and the stick. <clears throat> milk and a stick. Ah, dear me. It is literally says milk in a stick, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I didn't make it up. Well, unless it's all made up in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> None of this exists. You're just in a padded cell somewhere. This is all fabricated in your mind. Then I got two deliciously caramelised buttery biscuits. Check the date on there, mate. <laughs> and I got them ones. Okay, oh, that's nice, now. isn't it? I had a Jerry Dodger and I went downstairs. <laughs> I was a bit disappointed, actually, because when I went to the shop, because obviously you get Charlie a few bits because she's not very well, mm. I picked up Jammy Dodgers because of the Doctor Who link, thinking Jammy Dodgers, Charlie's into Doctor Who, because you know, he holds a Jammy Dodger up, doesn't Charlie thinks it's hysterical, he tells the Daleks he oh, presses yeah, the button, yeah. yeah. So I picked I up that. the ordinary Jammy Dodgers packet that's like, you know, that sort of size, right? Mm-hmm. And as I'm walking down the, down the aisle, I see another Jammy Dodger packet, but it's this wide. Okay. And it says Jumbo on there. Oh, wow. I'm like, like one big Dodger. Wow, this is what I've bought. Oh. Turns out it actually says Jumbo-sized pack, not Jumbo-sized oh. biscuits. So I put the Ordinary Biscuits back to pick up just a bigger pack of Ordinary-sized biscuits. And when I opened it and there were Ordinary Biscuits in there, honestly, I was devastated. I was absolutely... I was, I was hoping it was like a, a head-sized yeah. Jerry Dodger. Yeah, it, it would go well with that size cup. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but dip it in. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I I struggle with packaging sometimes. I bought um <laughs> <laughs> when Sharon was away for the weekend, and the kids were much younger, and they said they wanted you know, meat tinned meatballs for tea. And I'm like, sound check that in the microwave. Job's good. So I went down the shop, and they had Scooby Doo on the front of these this tin of meatballs, and it said um, meatballs for kids, but it had the number four. I suppose like you know, being, trying to be cool and meatballs spelt with a Z and all that sort of stuff. But I took that as there just being four meatballs in a tin. <laughs> so I bought like 10 tins. Thinking, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. So I'm walking over with this carry bag. It weighs a ton because I bought like all of their meatballs. So I must have looked mental to the shopkeeper. Get home, open it up. And I'm like, there's loads of meatballs in there. That's not just four. They fucking lied to me for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a massive tin of meatballs, <laughs> a packet of rusks. 
<laughs> just, I, I don't know what I was expecting. Whether it was four really big meatballs. Yeah, large meatballs. Yeah. yeah. Or just four ordinary sized meatballs and a fuck ton of sauce. I'm not sure what I was expecting. But I read it as there was only four meatballs in there. But no, they meant meatballs for kids. So. Oh, dear. Yeah. My wife still mocks me about that. Don't blame her. You deserve it. Um, <laughs> we, sh- we should probably we should probably record this thing. Probably do this, shouldn't we? Oh, I've been recording about ten minutes. Fab. <laughs> I said I'm gonna press record now. You probably didn't hear me because you had that cup against you. I couldn't hear like past the cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Right. <coughs> I'm, gonna do, I'm gonna do it now because I was about to do it. I was about to go right. Hello. But I do that to you all the yeah, time. Though. You do. <laughs> Because okay. I'm used to recording with Fitch, so with Fitch, we'll literally go. Okay, we need to start recording. Hello, and welcome to the. And we just yeah. go because Fitch isn't prepared. No matter what you do, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Bless his little cons. <clears throat> right. 